Hello everyone, it's Julie Sawyer. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast. I'm here. And you know what? I'm going to keep it real with you real quick because you know Tuesdays and Thursdays are my podcast day and yesterday it just didn't happen. I overcommitted as a mom. You know those moments where your kids are like, they just need you and um, you over say yes. And so by the end of the day, you are like a heaping just hot mess of I gave it all and I don't have any energy left for my podcast so that was me yesterday so I was like you know what it's okay we're just gonna keep it moving so today you get a Wednesday podcast you're welcome um so we're gonna be talking today about my romanticized life obviously um from what you've heard of the past 11 podcasts my life is pretty much as picture perfect as you could possibly even imagine. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. All of that uh, comes from the fact that I have these amazing, incredible ideas of what life is going to be like. And, and oftentimes these ideas, you know, there's an expectation that's set and often there's a gap between the expectation and the reality. I heard a really wise person say one time that the gap between expectation and reality is often where sadness uh, settles in. And I, I've come across that a few times in my day, but that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about how I have ideas about these things and, and then and then life happens and not in accordance with my ideas. When I when I first got together with Andre, he started learning how romanticized I, I am about life in general. I chalk it up to a lot of 2000 rom-coms where um, guys immediately know how to romance their women. There's no learning process at all. There's no love language talk. There's no Danny Silk DTR um, nothing. No YouTube video is about communication. No women are spaghetti. Guys are waffles. Nothing. It's just, wow, I met this amazing guy. He's super fine. Whoa, my house is full of rose petals. Like it's, it goes from zero to a thousand. It's unfortunate that those ideas have sometimes caused, um, issues in, in my life. And, 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 and taken joy from kind of experiencing some of the moments in life that you'd, you'd want to feel joy in. One of those is um, when Andre and I were planning our wedding. I'm sure you've seen on your Pinterest board the 1,080 pins that you have of either the wedding that you've already had, the wedding you're planning for your child, your um, vow renewal wedding. I mean, at any given point, I feel like women just have boards of weddings. It doesn't really matter what stage they are in their life. There's just wedding boards. So on your wedding board, even if you open it right now, you'll go ahead and scroll through. Never will you see a sobbing fiance. There's just not one will you see on there. In fact, you'll see the highlights, the best, most detailed, complicated parts of about 300 different weddings all put onto one board. And in your mind, maybe you could relate because in my mind, I was thinking this is what my wedding would be like. So when Andre and I got engaged, I very quickly told him about his upcoming wedding. 
I told him about the mountain-esque area that that he would be getting married in. I, you know, let him know that there'd be about six people in attendance. We were going to elope in the mountains somewhere. And it'd be very, very simple because I had been a wedding photographer. I've been to a lot of different weddings. I've seen the behind the scenes. I've seen what it looks like to have 10 bridesmaids getting married in a four by four or, or 10 bridesmaids getting ready for her best friend, their best friend to get married in a four by four bathroom. I don't know whose idea that was. Let's, let's, we're going to sidebar real quick on this whole bridesmaids gets ready at the same location of the bride. In what other alternate universe do you have 10 women who decide the best use of time on an extremely important day when your hair and makeup better be on point because these images are going to be seen by future grandchildren's grandchildren. At what point did some woman say, I know, I know what we're going to do on my wedding. All of us are going to come to the same bathroom and share one sink and a mirror that's not even big enough for one person. That's the, that's the kind of wedding experience that I want. Who was that girl that said, this is a good idea? Because I have been to many four by four bathrooms with many weaves flying everywhere and mascara wands rolling across the ground. And also, I've been the timekeeper of these weddings coming in. Okay, ladies, like, where are we at right now? You have one girl who's still in her pajamas, one girl who's on the last three minutes of her, you know, four-hour face, one girl who's not even there yet, one girl who's sitting just snacking because she's already, like, and it's all across the spectrum. One girl's on primer, one girl's on foundation, one girl's redoing her eyebrows. Like, nobody's ready at the same time because there's one bathroom. And yet, this is what weddings are in this culture. I know. Everybody, no, just everybody come over. No, it's fine. Everybody come in and get ready. Like, this is the worst time to do that. It doesn't even work out when girls are getting ready to like go out to dinner. No girls do that. Girls are even late when they get ready in their own bathrooms to go out to dinner. So why do we all invite everybody to the same space to get ready? I don't understand. So here I was playing at my Pinterest wedding. And one of the things I told my girls was, Y'all need to be ready before you get here. Like, I want your face done. I want your, like, I want all eyes on me so that when you're here, you're not all trying to squeeze in the bathroom. Not one of those girls was ready. Not one girl showed up ready. They all just brought their makeup in one bathroom that was like two by two. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so on my Pinterest board, I had this dream wedding that I told Andre about. There's only going to be a few people. And what was so shocking to me in my romanticized idea of my wedding was that he actually had an opinion. <laughs> and I just, I wasn't prepared for that. In my, in my mind of, you know, sitting down with my planner and my color palette, I just wasn't anticipating somebody else actually having an opinion about what his wedding was. Like, wait, I was like, wait. Um, you care what your wedding is like? Uh, yes. Yes, you guys. He absolutely cared. He had his own ideas 
of this wedding. And so began the most traumatic, well, okay, the second most traumatic part of our relationship. The first part was when we broke up. I know, we're getting to round two of our of our love story. It'll be up soon. Hang in there. Round one is a couple podcasts back. So if you want to hear the first part of our story up until the part where we broke up. So the second most traumatic part, besides for the, the fact that I broke up with him, was the wedding planning. My goodness, preface by saying, Andre and I are incredibly respectful people because we love ourselves and we honor ourselves. And that honor flows out into our connection with each other. We respect each other tremendously. We never yell at each other. We just talk nicely, but with lots of eyes and eyebrows because, well, that's mostly me because I talk dramatically. But in any case, we fought like crazy <laughs> over everything, over every, every stupid thing you think you could fight about in a wedding that's not on Pinterest, but all the details are on Pinterest when couples finally make a decision where they're like, hey, we're still going to do this. Everything. And what we realized was we, we both had expectations and when we came to the table, it was so weird because Andre's expectations were just not in alignment with my Pinterest board. And I was, I was thinking, what are we going to do with this? Um, can you write down, write down your comments and I will file it in the trash can. No, I'm just kidding. I did that. I actually was really, I really, really wanted him to have the wedding of his dream i really do like he's so sweet and and like quiet and i feel like he's that person that if i'm not careful i could just bulldoze over and be like this is everything's about me but i really really work hard to like put us both on equal planes except for um decisions about like where we're gonna eat and stuff i definitely want to take lead because i don't want to go to like you know, when it's pizza day and he's like, Hey, let's try, you know, new pizza place. And I'm like, "Mm, that's a risk because if I'm only going to have pizza once this week, it needs to be really good pizza. Anyway, I wanted his opinion to count. And I also wanted my opinion to count. And so we fought a lot and we had nine months of engagement. It was awful. Like, and not our relationship wasn't bad. It just was, we were fighting all the time about stupid wedding stuff. I just wasn't anticipating that. That was never in my romanticized vision of what this time in our life would be like. And I would meet all these other brides or these other, you know, I'd I'd ask other friends that were newlyweds or, you know, recently engaged. And I would say, oh my gosh, how's wedding planning go? Oh my gosh, isn't it nuts? And they're like, nope, everything's amazing. And my face would be like, are you kidding me right now? You, you've got to be kidding me right now. Like I'm, I'm over here in the trenches of like an all out war. And, um, obviously it's because I'm immature in some areas, but Andre has areas that he needs to grow to. Okay. This is not just about me. We both are becoming our best selves. And in the process, we're getting sliced left and right. Okay, this is all out battle. And you're over here prancing around like everything's great. And I'm just, I would just be like, let me see your Pinterest board. Do you have all these details figured out? Hmm? Hmm? Does it, like, are you fighting about anything? I, it was very difficult for me to find another bride who struggled during their engagement. And I think that's why it was so shocking to me when we were having so many ridiculous arguments over nothing. Like, it was so stupid. Now that I look back, I'm like, Julie what what the heck was your problem like seriously you had the best guy in the whole world and like you're upset about like the table displays like you need to have yourself several seats it just it was a stressful time okay it's stressful um you know i there's just a lot going on and he just he was so attractive and you know it's hard it's hard when you have that someone that good looking 
and you know you're you're fighting over stuff you get distracted about your argument and so you have to like reconvene and then come back to the table with your argument again it was just hard and so we fought like crazy and that was never something i ever anticipated uh we made it through and our wedding was beautiful and it was awesome and it was like the most amazing wedding and all my dreams came true and i was so incredibly blessed and thankful and our first year of marriage was amazing like it was we had gotten out all of the first year of marriage like miscommunication stuff and i had learned you know his communication style and you know love languages and all that stuff during the all-out war so the first year was awesome uh i didn't anticipate that actually i actually anticipated everybody says the first year's horrible no ours was great so another thing that happened in my romanticized world involves after we got married we were married for a few well two years i guess i wanted to have like laylee and kai had been asking for a dog now you know the end of the story we have a dog lucy which i call lucinda but lucy is the end of the story but to get to the end of the story we have to go through some very traumatic moments You know, when you become a parent and you think about the wonderful moments that are coming your way and you, especially around Christmas, you start to see all these BuzzFeed videos about kids getting puppies for Christmas and they're crying because they're so happy they got that their dream came true, puppy for Christmas. And when you're when you're dreaming about that moment and planning that moment for your own children, you don't actually think about the tears and the millions of crying moments that your children go to through in communicating the depth of their sorrow because they don't have a dog. In our family, um, something incredibly traumatic happened for my children. Unbeknownst to them, we were searching for their little dog because they had been asking for a dog crying for a dog for a very long time Laylee, in particular was a tear factory about every three days she'd break down because she wanted a dog so badly i mean this is the child that would go to the park and chase squirrels as a toddler that's what she would do instead of playing she was so she's so obsessed with the animals and so kairos also just i mean he loves animals he wanted a dog so bad so we start looking to get a dog and now we had decided that was going to be their christmas present we had been saving for a few months we wanted to get um a dog that didn't shed and you know a dog that would really fit our family dynamic um aka doesn't need a lot of walks that kind of thing so we start looking in the process of looking for a dog my sister (laughs) so my kid's cousin who our Uh, My niece is like a third child. She's just around all the time. She's my third child. So her name's Bravery. So my sister, Alicia, calls me and she knows that I'm looking for a dog. And it's in, in the middle of November or early November. The worst thing that could ever happen to my children happens when my sister calls and says, hey, um, a friend of mine just gave Bravery a puppy. (laughs) 
so I'm on the phone with my sister. I'm sitting outside of a coffee house. And what's playing in my mind is not all those videos I saw of kids getting a dog for Christmas that I'm planning for my kids. What's playing in my mind is the moment I have to tell my children, not only did they not get a free puppy, but their, their, um, their dream just came true in their niece's life, in their cousin's life. And um, I have to deliver this news to them about four weeks prior to them getting their own puppy, which they don't know about. So it's the worst. I am like, you've got to be kidding. Of course, my sister's so great. She's like, I'm so sorry. Like, this just happened. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep it. But, you know, maybe you could keep the dog. And I was thinking, no, like, we really want a specific kind of dog. I don't just want, you know, I, I, you know, we really thought about it. This is, we want this other kind of dog. And so we hadn't found our dog yet. So I have to tell my children that, Their cousin, who didn't even want a dog, who never asked about a dog, who's never cried about a dog, got exactly what they wanted. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Never did I ever think I would be living that moment. So we go to visit the dog. The dog is adorable. She's so sweet and she's the best little dog ever. And my niece carries her around like she's a purse and everybody loves the dog. And so my kids start begging, can this dog sleep over at our house? And we just kept saying, well, it's not our dog, but we'll have it sleep over a couple of times. We're trying to bridge the gap between the eight weeks <laughs> that is you don't have a dog and your when your dream came true in your cousin's life. I'll never forget this one drive home from my sister's house as Lelia is sobbing in the back seat about how she's been praying for a dog, that she asked God for a dog, and all she wanted was a puppy. And now her cousin has it, and her cousin didn't even ask for it, and doesn't even want it, and all this stuff. And I just told her, Lely, God is already working things together for your good. And you don't even know what he has in store for you. And she's like, we are never getting a dog because it's too expensive. And you guys can't have it. And we're never getting it. And we're just going to be forever. I'm going to have to wait forever and ever. And now it's like five weeks before Christmas. She came home. She laid on the couch. I had Andre actually take a picture. I wanted to document that moment because that was the day I was mailing the deposit for Lucy to the breeder that same day and she's on the couch moping and crying and just tears and she like goes to sleep crying herself to sleep and I was in the hallway outside of her room and I'm like Andre please can we just tell her that we just bought a dog and she's he's like no we're gonna wait we're gonna have our moment oh my gosh it was so oh so crazy so fast forward it's Christmas We fly to Minnesota to visit my family. We're all there. And this is the time we're going to pick up the dog. So the dog is in um, like three hours away. So one day we tell the kids, hey, we're going to go meet with our friend. And we leave. And so we drive to pick up Lucy. We go pick her up. And the lady doesn't have her paperwork ready. She can't fly on the plane. So we have to go to the vet. All this crazy has happened. So we're driving there. And all I can think of is, I want this moment. Like, this is the moment that I've been waiting for. Driving to, I have a box for the dog. She's this tiny little thing. She's the cutest thing ever. And we put the, we put the dog in the box for like three seconds right before we walked in. 
set the kids on the couch and they opened the box and there inside was their puppy and the one of the first things that they say because my niece was there in the house she was staying with us the first thing they're like she's not sleeping with our dog like this is our dog now now they're like oh now they're like fighting like pre-fighting even though my niece isn't even in the room they're like this is our dog now and i'm thinking you need to sit down you just got your dream come true so that that happened but i just wasn't anticipating all of the build-up of tears to this moment like i just had this moment in my mind like i'm gonna give them a puppy for christmas it's gonna be so romanticized so amazing so it's gonna be this moment and um yeah it took all that uh to get there so you never see those those behind the scenes moments of the tears cried before they actually get the dog i think for every puppy that's given there's probably at least a thousand tears of crying that led up to it so let's all remember that um the next time we see those like montages where we just start bawling our eyes out when people get puppies yeah there's a behind the scenes of that speaking of that another romanticized idea of life that i have in my mind is um the way that our family pictures are going to turn out and the way it's gonna go up until the moment that uh we get to taking them so my sister's a photographer and so every year you know right around november i'm thinking we need to you know update our family pictures let me just tell you about the past two years of Christmas family pictures because they each are equally as unromantic as they are in my mind. See, in my mind, I have the smiling family, the kids that look adorable. They're in, you know, cute little new outfits and everybody's coordinating and it's so great. And each year I get that photo, but what it takes to get that is extraordinarily difficult. So two years ago, my sister wanted to do our family portraits at our house, which I thought was great. It would be so much easier to get ready. Except for the fact that for whatever reason, Laylee just was crying uh, most of the day. Still don't know what she was crying about. She didn't want to do pictures. She didn't want to be in any pictures. She didn't like pictures. She doesn't want family pictures. And, um, you know, I, I have these times when... You know, I don't ask a lot of my kids. I tell them now it's the one thing I ask of them that they would allow us to all be in a portrait together and and just smile. Just just for me, just just something for me. I mean, I do a lot for them. Uh like ironing costumes last night till 9:30, hand making t-shirts for today's uh not day at school you know, giving them my water bottle every single night when we sit down to dinner and they forget to get their drink. So they all just drink out of mine. There's a lot that I do for them. So one time a year, having them stand and smile, I don't think is a lot to ask. And I'm at the point now that I'm 31 and my kids are 12 and 10. I no longer feel guilty throwing that card down of this is the one thing I ask of you. This is it. I'm just asking that you stand here and that you smile. And I don't want every picture to be that way. I, I love the candid photo. You know those. You, I love those. You love those. 
we all love those, but just that one that uh, I can look back on this moment and say, there's the kids I know, the smiling, very well-kept hairbrush children that I see one time a year because every other time they just look like they've been rolling around the dirt sweating. But one time a year, I just want them to have their hair brushed to the side with a little clip so their hair's out of their face and to have a smile that is, doesn't look like Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. That's all I ask. And that year, we barely got it. Uh, I think there was definitely some some cookie bribery in there. I don't know what my daughter was upset about. But let's fast forward to last year. Because last year, I decided that I wanted a particular style of family photo that was a little bit more dressy. And it wasn't until the day of the planned photo shoot that I realized my son had nothing to wear because my son lives in um, basketball shorts and like comic t-shirts. Just the most un-Instagram worthy clothing is his go-to, which is fine. And we just run with it because that's his thing. So I'm looking at all of his basketball shorts and I'm thinking this is not going to work for my fancy holiday festive photo. And in the process I have very limited time before the kids go to school to actually get work done and plan all the outfits and all stuff. So I go to the store. I buy him an entire outfit for under $13. And I lay it all on the ground because I need to see how everybody's outfit coordinates. And I had to get Andre a couple different things out there. So I'm coordinating outfits while the kids are at school. And then I'm like hustling to like do my hair and makeup because I know as soon as children walk in these doors, I will be unavailable to take care of myself. For whatever reason, they will not be able to find their shoes. They will not be able to function as a small adolescent. It What's really weird is that when it's time to go somewhere cool that they love, it's amazing how fast they can get ready. But as soon as you have to give them instructions to get ready to go somewhere that they don't want to go they're they revert back into infantile stages like it's like you're pulling them off the couch please for the love just wipe your face off or something just just participate and the getting ready so that's going through my mind as I'm getting ready I lay out all the clothes on the ground I jump in the car to go get the kids from school and I come back home and uh Lucy who is now a year old because this is the first Christmas that we had her since we got her, she peed all over Kairos's new outfit. And I about lost my mind at that moment because I had been to the store, do my hair and makeup, all of a sudden, blah, 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 laid out everything. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. And we were having, we like, we would have had to leave. So I was like, so I'm all of a sudden, I'm washing, I'm drying clothes, I'm, I'm blow drying. I'm like trying to figure everybody else out. How about my daughter get ready? I'm doing her hair, but I understand she's like all this stuff at once. And I'm, throw everybody in the car I just grab a bag and I'm just throwing stuff in it like a lamp like five different lipsticks that I don't need three sets of shoes an alternate dress just in case I mean I don't even care that my spanks are two sizes too small I'm just like everybody just get in the car like we have to go so I have everybody's stuff Andre's stuff I'm driving to the place I get there and it about it feels uh very tense at this moment and so we all get out of the car Andre parks in the wrong spot 
And the sun is like setting at this point. And I'm like, we are getting these photos. Like, I don't care what it takes. There was pee on the, the kids' clothes. I'm washing it off. We got everybody in the car. I'm getting these photos. Andre parks in the wrong spot. So now I'm like frustrated because I'm like, I'm standing here. The sun is like, I'm literally watching the sunset right now. Like, I'm just, I'm just like standing there watching it set, watching it set. I'm like, Andre, where are you? He parks wait like i don't even know where he like he parks in a different town like where are you parked right now there's literally parking right next to where we need to be standing so he finally gets there he's not dressed like he's not in the right thing so he's like putting on his stuff we're like okay go 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 and i'm like okay everybody smile it's like why why is that every single time like i just want to get to a family photo and just be like oh my gosh we have been laughing for four hours up until this moment that's why our photos look so good because we've just been cracking up not not a single time not a single time we always get there and we have to like we have to like work it up like okay like let's just pretend that we're happy right now like Lily's miserable because i had her put her pin in her hair and her she doesn't like the way her hair is but i'm like just one photo just one well everybody just need to look and have one photo smiling so um yeah so those are some examples of my romanticized life because it never really works out the way that i think it's gonna work out but in the end every christmas i get at least one i just need to start i'm gonna make a pinterest board of like that photo on pinterest of like us smiling and just say everything it took to get to that point just call it like the realistic pinterest family photos i know i'm not the only family that struggles hard with getting the family photo done at like christmas it is like it is so i feel like it's so stressful as a mom because you're like coordinating outfits and then on the day of you're like it is like a synchronized swimming exercise. You have to time out everybody getting ready perfectly. And if you have nappers in your life, I mean, forget it. If you have one decent photo where your eyes are half open and your hair doesn't look like a mom bun, you will settle. Like I've settled for photos like that because I'm like, at least there's one. Um, so yeah, so in my life, I, I, I live in this gap, the gap area between what I think it's going to be the family portrait where everyone's smiling and it's just laughter up until that point and the reality, which is almost crying, <laughs> almost crying to get to that moment where you're smiling for the picture. This is your life. I mean, is this the life that you live? Because this is pretty much my life constantly. So on to another day we were where we have expectations of glorious awesome moments and you just never know what's gonna meet what's gonna meet you on the other side of of this moment so until next time until next story have an amazing day i hope that uh i made you laugh i made you smile i hope that you can relate to the hilariousness that is my romanticized life so i'll talk to you soon bye